Uh, so this is going to be kind of a type of call-in show. So we're first we're going to hear from Breeze on his thoughts of the general game. Then we'll uh, turn to Ben oh, if me? he has has something Who, to me? say. And then we'll uh, and then we'll go one by one and invite people up to speak. And when you're done speaking, uh, if you are done, then please just mute yourself or or leave the space and come back to give other people a chance. So, without further ado, let's go for it. Uh, Reese, what did you think, man? Well, bro, I'm gonna looking? keep like my talking brief because like you know, I, I was live tuning throughout the game. I'll keep the spiel you know not too long because I want to hear everybody else <laughs> for real. Um, but just. No one is like we're not too satisfied yet with like the half court creation stuff that those questions are still going to be ongoing throughout the season and there will be spurts like there'll be ebbs and flows of like really good half court looks some nights it's going to look ugly but you see the foundation right the team is switchable they get stops they force turnovers and they get out and run and I I don't know if it's um what, what do we call it in like sports finance all that uh, market inefficiencies right you try to find the next market inefficiency where is the direction of value where no one else is looking at. And the Raptors kind of see it as they want five guys that can all rebound, push the ball up, make a play. And seeing guys like Precious grab a ball run, Scotty grab a ball run, like it's just, it's kind of beautiful, right? It's always, they're attacking mismatches. Not so, you know, we look for mismatches in half court, but they're finding mismatches out in transition running. And it just, it looked beautiful, right? You see a six eight six nine center that can grab a rebound, run 200 feet out, and either finish or just stop himself and pull up for a mid-range. I haven't seen that for real. I, like, it, it's different. And it's one preseason game. They don't have Joel Embiid and stuff. But I liked a lot of what, what you see. Like, they get stops. They force turnovers. They find a way to get easy buckets. So a lot of it, I'm thinking, man, fuck a half-court creation, right? I don't give a fuck. They, they found a way to put up 120 tonight. It was effortless, right? I, like, we, like, I wasn't a fan of the Delano... Uh, Banton, uh, you know, um, draft pick, right? There's other guys there, Sharif Cooper, um, right. kid from Kentucky. There's there's a few guys that you're like, damn, I'd rather have them. But then you look at his value. He's six nine, can guard one through five. He grab a rebound, and that's a point guard that's six nine grabbing rebound and running. So I'm like, like this this looks fun. It, it, maybe it's good, maybe it's not. But the team looked really fun to watch tonight. So I enjoyed myself. I, I was drinking Tito's. You know, with the squirt mix, I'm having a good time just chopping it up with y'all. I want to hear what y'all got to say. But, you know, the team's going to be fun. They're going to be athletic. And uh, a lot of those half-court problems that you're going to see might not matter two out of three games per week because they're going to play a, a shitty soft team like the Cavs or the Hornets or, you know, some nutty-ass team that we're not worried about. You got one through five that you can strap up whoever. You'll get out rebounds and you'll go out and run. And you're going to get 100 points tonight off of that. That's what it looked like. So, I enjoyed it. You know, it's good to have Toronto back at Scotia. So that's all I got to say on that. Absolutely, man. Couldn't have said it better myself. Ben, you got anything to say? Yeah, first off, I just want to say, yo, shout out to my fellow Yahoo rookie in the building right here. Um, I think <laughs> that was the first time we, literally first time we've ever, like, communicated in, like, a vocal perspective. Oh, God, that's low. Yeah, yeah, but um, you know, I want I want to save all uh, my thoughts and stuff for for uh for the employment for the employ for the employer, <laughs> you know. So, but you want to get for, your coin first? Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> it. <laughs> the check, the check got to clear first. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they got to <laughs> cut the check first. But like, honestly, you know, it's great, great to be here. It's great to have uh, basketball back in Scotia Bank Arena. It didn't feel like it because the capacity was only about I think reported eight thousand or so. But yo, it felt like you know it, we picked up right where we left off, like pre-pandemic. So it's nice. The vibes are nice. 
Um, I, I can't wait to hear what all y'all have to say. Uh, like Reese, I've been live tweeting throughout the game, but hey, man, Raptors basketball is back in T.O., baby. <laughs> well, you know what's crazy? I watched on League Pass, so it looked way more live because, like, in the there's no commercial break, right? So you hear, like, the live DJ. I saw a couple of my homies, shout out Sticks, I saw him dancing at halftime and stuff <laughs> like that. So it looked lit from from my vantage point, yeah. you know, out in the States. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it sucks it can't be a full capacity, but it'll get there by game one. Uh, if it was a 2,000, 3,000 people, those were very lit 2,000, 3,000 people. So 100%, 100%. Does anyone know if uh, the Raptors are playing with full capacity crowd before the end of the uh, – or sorry. Before the <laughs> they better. So <laughs> I've heard conflicting reports from my end um from people working in the organization there, there some have said that for the home opener there may be full capacity just as like a one-off because they want to get that vibe um but i've also heard that they're just gonna roll with uh 10 000 for the time being so man do you have any idea how long the time being might be that's a great question. I guess uh, depending on how the whole uh, COVID uh, restrictions are here in Ontario, but. Yep. Fair enough. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. So uh, Reese, how about you tell us your thoughts on Scotty today? I think that's the question that everybody wants to, wants to know right now. <laughs> the kid is special. That's all. The, the kid is generational. That's all I'm going to say. He's generational. What more does he look like baby Brown out there, bro? The game was too easy. I didn't know the game was going to be that easy at the pro level. I, I For one second, I forgot Jalen Suggs was a human being. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I really Lowry just showed up on my screen in a heat jersey. Let's let's totally pretend that that's not a thing. So Kyle where, good, where way, do you think note. his biggest area of improvement has been since we saw him in the summer league for, for Scotty Barnes? Well, I don't want to talk about improvements because that, you know, insinuates that there's, like, weaknesses there. Like, it's just the preseason, and, like, that'll show itself as time goes on. A lot of it, though, is the strengths, right? Um, I don't think he's as good of a defender as I would have thought. You know, like, as a help defender, sure, and he's long, and he, like, creates turnovers. But laterally, like, as he fills in his body, I think he'll probably be better than what we initially thought there. But I think there's a lot more to his offensive game than we all thought. The playmaking is actually legit. Like, he's tall, and he knows he's tall, and he sees over everyone. Like, the, it's like a one quick peek. He had, like, a – he turned over the ball, grabbed his own turnover, made one quick peek, and then it was, like, a no-look dish to – I don't know if it was Gillespie or somebody else. And I'm just, like, the feel of the game is just so natural for him, especially as a playmaker. Man, was looking at like magic. Yeah, it, yeah, like, you never want to call people magic or LeBron, but, it's like, how many 6'9", 6'10", playmakers are out there, right? When he's like, he's just a big playmaker. He sees the the floor very well, and I'm just that's much more high level than I thought, or what I saw at FSU, or you know, at any level that he's played at. And then also, he's comfortable fucking up, which I like. Like the mid range pull up, he did that a couple times. One of the times it looked really good, it went in. He wasn't scared to pull up three. He missed. He didn't. I don't think he made a three tonight, but he's not hesitant. Like, and you know, Ben Simmons, that's a big thing for him, right? So he has a lot more just offensive ability than I thought. His handle. He, a couple of loose balls here and there, but looked pretty good coming up the floor. Um, Danny Green is no slouch as a wing defender, and he cooked his ass on one possession and dunked it and felt like those 3,000 fans went crazy. So I'm just like, okay, um, maybe the defensive hype is a little bit. It's game one of the preseason. No one cares. But the offense, that's what we're all look, trying to look for, and it felt like there was just an impact, just whether that be scoring, facilitating, grabbing a loose ball, just finding easy buckets. A lot of the league is not so much – being a Kevin Durant Tatum making contested long twos, right? Is it's about finding the 
the the check downs, the the easy, the gimmies, and Scotty just finds a way to get easy buckets for himself and others, and I, I like that a lot. So, absolutely, man. And that pass just showed up on my screen. That pass to Champagny when when he it was absolutely he absolutely sent the defender the wrong way with the, with the no look pass. It was it was absolutely brilliant. But I think the thing that struck me and probably a lot of other Raptors fans tonight was how good he was off the dribble, like. It, obviously he's not to a level of you know a Jalen Green or something like that nowhere close to it but it surprised I think that was probably his biggest improvement since the summer league his comfort level when you know driving toward the basket going downhill and even just pulling up he had I think at least one I think he had maybe two uh, pull up jumpers off the dribble from the from the top of the key and I thought that that looked really really good so I think for me that that was that was the thing that surprised me the most about him and if he can keep developing that way then mm-hmm. who's to say he can't be you know our second baby Kawhi on the team and you know out of the spirit of, of drawing comparisons it would be really 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 cool if we could have three players you know all the, all in the same mold of like OG Pascal Siak, uh, Pascal Siakam and and now um and now Scotty so it, it would it's it's looking really really good well uh someone in here made made the comparison I think it was Anika she said uh that's our baby Giannis and I will say this the way when he grabs a rebound and pushes the ball up it kind of he has like that body type right just big burly ass nigga lanky but like can dribble and push the ball up pace he can switch the speed a little bit and usually you see change of speed with small guards but seeing a big guy that can all right I'm gonna come slow as shit and then I'm just gonna burst real quick and take it to the rim like I I like the change of pace change of direction that Scotty for someone that he doesn't look all that fluid yet I think as he grows in his body similar to OG similar to Giannis these guys they take a while to grow into their body but it's it's encouraging right now against you're playing against real NBA competition like Danny Green's not an easy guy to get a bucket on like still like one of the better perimeter defenders in the league like Andre Drummond sucks but like that's that's a you know a highly paid seven footer in this league who's made a lot of money like some people believe in them so like to not be scared to go up against those type of guys like it's it's encouraging to watch so i enjoyed it it was better off the titos i was talking shit to my tv i didn't think scotty's gonna be this good and it seems like uh he's gotten better and like you see the leaps from summer league to now you see that with quite a few of the guys actually like precious is another one who i can't talk highly enough of like precious and scotty they probably stole the show today and then og third quarter that was that that was special so no, this is yes. a good win. It's a good game. You know, you want it to – I'd rather win than lose, right, even if it's preseason. I'd rather see these leaps. Uh, you, you'd rather see the progression now than see it at all, right? So. Absolutely. And let's let's maybe talk about OG and then and then open it up to, to the speakers. But what did you think about OG? I mean, he was absolutely he, – he, he seemed to be not – he seemed not to have a single ounce of fear to take any possible shot. I saw him taking turnaround fadeaway jumpers. I saw him pulling up from mid-range. I saw him knocking down threes off the dribble, um, you know, shooting out of size-ups. He was—he just seemed way more comfortable in his handle and shooting off the dribble in general. What, you know, what impressed you about him? A lot of what you see with OG is similar to the preseason with Pascal a couple of years ago when it was his year one as a number one option. So everyone is tuning into those preseason games. You want to see the growth. Can he score 20 a game? Can he find easy buckets? Can he you know, expand his range and stuff like that. And well, OG, it was a slow start. Like a couple of this stuff was concerning. Like uh, he's getting blocked quite a bit early, like it lost his handle. But for, for guys like him that have been in the league for a while, like it's not so much. Can I take over a preseason game? A lot of it, you just wanted to see some of the development from the summer translate in a game. And you just saw it in the third quarter. So he fucked up. I was just, I think I, I said this on Twitter. I'm like, damn, OG looks like kind of sloppy, right? Like he doesn't look like, 
he looks kind of nonchalant and lackadaisical in the first half, but you see like the Scotties and Preciouses and the Utahs, like they're energetic, they're running, they're doing a lot of things. But then it seemed like second half, OG is like, all right, it, it's time for me to kind of let everyone know here I'm the best player on the floor. And it's just, you saw him get post-ups. Like it, it almost felt like either from the elbow or the high block, he just wanted to post somebody up and just shoot a fader. He just wanted to show people that he can make tough shots. I like the pull-up dribble, you know, from three. I think it was an above the break three. And I'm like, damn, that's effortless. Like catch and shoots effortless. So like the, the shooting and the range is there for him. The handle looks a little tighter. I probably want to see better handles as this preseason goes along. But in terms of the half court creation until Siakam is back, it's what OG. And that was like, that was like the encouraging part. Third quarter. It's like, all right, half court set. Let me get the ball to OG clear out. Let him make a play. Whether that be bully ball, whether that be off the dribble, he showed a little step back. I'm like, Okay, that's what we're talking about. I don't need OG to show me that he can hustle and get stops on defense. We already know that. It's all about can you create those, you know, easy looks in the half court? If you need to take a tough shot where it's contested, can you make one? Um, can you finish plays like and he did that? So, you know, it's, I wouldn't give him like an A plus for tonight, but he, I think he's still at 21. Like, if the game is coming that easy to him, that's encouraging, right? Absolutely. I mean, we just saw massive, massive improvement off the dribble. I mean, I think that it probably met our expectations. Did it meet yours? I mean, I wasn't expecting him to be, you know, Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum off the dribble, but he, it seemed like you, you're, you're exactly right. It seemed like he was trying to prove a point that, that his dribble had gotten significantly better, that he had an exponentially greater comfort in taking shots from all over the floor and in whatever position that you want. So, you know, do, do you think that he met your expectation in that, in that respect? Well, I always knew OG Kid take and make tough shots the one thing is again i want to see him find a way to get easy buckets and i like him just knowing that i'm the strongest player on the floor even if, uh, on the switches on defense when uh oj's got to guard andre drummond he's not scared he knows he's you know as strong as seven foot centers like drummond is no slouch right so you want to see that translate in the offensive end and when i saw him put a shoulder in someone and finish a layup those are the type of buckets i'm expecting throughout the year because his game is not the smooth, silky wiggle. It's a lot more north-south. I'm strong, burly. I'm going to put a shoulder in you, and I'm going to finish with contact. That's what you want to see with OG, and I, we saw that. We saw that in the third quarter. So that was very encouraging. Like, he's going to get the ball more, and it's just about – it's it's not so much about adding all these dimensions to your game because sometimes we do that with Siakam, and then Siakam's added a bunch of stuff, but he doesn't know what's his go-to um, or, like, he, he thinks too much. OG knows the, his strengths is I'm I'm – big i'm strong i'm athletic i'm long let me use one two things one two three moves that i i have in my arsenal and i'm just gonna perfect it and a lot of it especially off the dribble is i'm strong as fuck let me put my shoulder in you make you fall and i'm gonna get a layup over you that's what i want to see and you know I, I got to see that a few times tonight so that's the encouraging part i know he can shoot um the mid-range wasn't there last year all that much like the dribble pull up but he showed that early in the game a lot of what i care about is you know, he used to be a little bit of an awkward guy, like always falls on his ass trying to get to the rim. I didn't see that tonight. Like stand 10 toes down, put a shoulder in somebody, go finish up and get a layup. That's what you want to see out of OG because those are easy buckets. That's how you get to 20 a game. It's not about can I hit a fader like Jason Tatum. Tatum doesn't do that 10 times a game, right? Yeah. How, how can you get an easy bucket? So that was encouraging in my opinion. Yep, absolutely. And uh, everybody who's listening, make sure you check out Hall of Takes uh, in the next couple of days. We're going to have an article that analyzes uh, a couple of the players and, you know, breaking down the general play of the team. Good shit. Good shit. E right, e can, so you get a, can you get a couple of the good folk to speak? Because I'm trying to take a little sip Absolutely. Of this let's get to the speaker right now. I'm trying to get drunk in this bitch. 
So let's start with Eric. Eric, what's going on, man? So uh, I'll kick things off. Uh, my biggest surprise tonight was Scotty. I didn't need to pass like that. Hey, thanks, guys. Um, I mean, I, I thought Scotty was great tonight. With it. The, the passing was something I did not expect. Is that sustainable or is this just small sample size stuff? Go ahead, Reese. Shit look real. It look real to me. You do it in the game, it's real. I don't care about drills. I don't care about offseason stuff. This is a pro live setting. Like, no one goes into a preseason game wanting to lose, right? These guys still care. It was a young, good backcourt, Springer and Maxi playing. Um, you, you saw Korkmaz, like Drummond, uh, Seth Curry. Like, these are real rotation guys. They're going to play a lot of minutes for Philly. They're trying hard. They had their early runs. So, yeah, it's encouraging to see in real NBA professional leveraged minutes that he's making these type of high impact, high level playmaking plays. Like I, I loved it. I enjoyed it. So yeah, just yeah. briefly adding on, I, I absolutely agree with Reese. I think, you know, I was writing down a few notes for, you know, for the game. And, and the one thing that I wrote about Scotty relevant is that I wrote NBA level elite passer. It seems that he's already in his rookie year, you know, one of the best passers in the league that, that seems, you know, obviously it's a very small sample size, but he looks right now, if we were to judge off of one game, it looks like he's he's an absolutely NBA level elite passer. So, you know, not just in that assist to Champagne that we saw that, but just in general, his court vision. We saw how many balls um, Freddie Gillespie fumbled both in summer league and what we heard was was the case earlier um, in the uh, in the game over in in London, Ontario. So, you know, he's he's definitely an elite passer. I think that it's only going to get better from here. I think it absolutely is sustainable to answer your question and um, really really exciting times ahead. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. All right, let's go to OG1 Kenobi. What's good, my man? Oh, nothing much. OG1, bro. <laughs> nothing. I uh, did want to touch on uh, Scotty's passing, though. Like, this has been a thing with him going back to high school, man. Even with playing with Kate, he was the leading assist guy on his team. He can deal. He has his live dribble passing. I can remember that uh, summer league game where he had a live dribble pass with his left hand, like three uh, quarters of the like courts. Insane. He can't teach that. He just can't. But I've been nope. so excited about this Raptors brand of defense that came back. It was so hard-pressed to have consistent stretches of being able to hold our opponents. But precious man looks like the real deal he was able to help on the weak side a lot everyone's just switching around it's like uh samson folk would say an amorphous blob of arms and limbs <laughs> shout out samson by the way that guy hilarious i see what you're saying um i will say this og though um there is going to be some frustrating nights with this defense um you saw early with drummond like there is value in having a real seven footer out there it's Guys like Andre Drummond, just because they're not upper echelon centers, doesn't mean they're not NBA caliber centers. And these guys will burn you on a given night. Like, I like Precious. He he brought a lot tonight. The versatility matters a lot. And more often than not, especially in closing time, you're going to see small ball lineups. And the, the Raptors want to do that full time. But you're there's going to be growing pains where you're going to see someone like a Drummond or, say, God forbid, Alex Len. Alex Len is going to give you 15 and 10 against this Raptors. Does does it matter? Is it conducive to winning? No, because it's Alex Len. But there will be frustrating moments throughout the year. And granted, um, I don't know who said it. I think it was Paran. Shout out P. 
said that at least we rebounded really well tonight. And as long as you can hold serve on that rebounding, then I'm fine if you take the ball out of your star wings hands or star guards to give it to seven footers and like, I I guess if that's what you want to exploit, that's what Philly did with Andre Drummond's. But there will be growing pains throughout the season because we just don't have a seven footer. And some nights you're going to get out rebounded. Some nights shitty centers like Andre Drummond are going to look like Hakeem, but you just got to take, you got to hope all like the good and the benefits that come with running all that versatility outweighs the bad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree, but we have really good ways to scheme that out. I see that uh, Man wants to uh, touch on this as well. Yeah, keep it coming. We got good content. We, I, I know Raps fan base sometimes be on some shameless shit. I will say this. The average rap fan is very knowledgeable when it comes to the shit. I'll, I'll give you all that. Y'all are shameless, though. Don't forget that. Very shameless. <laughs> Oh, we're definitely going to overreact about this. Oh, I just... Everyone's already saying, come uh, get ready for the parade. Oh, come on now. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> hey, I don't, I don't mind that. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I appreciate you. Thanks, OG. All right, Daniel, what's up, man? Yo, yo, it was good. You know, just piggybacking on some of the stuff that was already said, you know, it's encouraging. You don't want to take too much from a preseason game, but you like some of the stuff you saw, right? Like, Scotty was confident about some of his offense. You know, Fred teases you with a little bit of a of an in-between game early. That's what a lot of people think he's missing. I um, want to give a quick shout-out to Champagne, man. He's a better uh, rebounder than Freddie at 6'5". That dude's a baller. But, um, yeah, you know, just like what a lot of other people are saying, it's encouraging. You can't take too much away from a preseason game. But uh, And, yeah, Scotty's a guy. Scotty's that dude. He is, bro. You see it. Scotty's that nigga, bro, for real. I, I it's surprising. Like you look at some of the metrics at Florida State, like okay, good, he's a solid enough pick and roll playmaker and stuff like that. You see the defensive profile, but you want to temper expectations on a guy yeah. that scores ten a game, right? Ten and four, like yeah, like the body profile is impressive, but he ain't do nothing for real. I was gonna be skeptical, but then you see it in like sometimes the game. Some of these guys, they it translates better at the pro level than the college level. It's a little slower game. Teams are running zone. Yeah, I, I don't know the scheme of FSU. Like FSU, they get guys pro ready, but I can't name you the starting five and who's who's the guy that you give the ball to and the clutch and stuff like that. I know it wasn't Scotty, right? So it's easy to be like, there's skepticism there, right? And you know, y'all know I'm a Jalen Suggs truther, but then you you watch a pro game and and you see. He can guard one through five. He gets a rebound. He can go. He's looking to finish first and then play make, which I like. He's not like a um, – shout out uh, Robel. Me and him had a good talk about this once. Uh, you have the playmakers that it's natural and it's read and react versus the guys that telegraph their playmaking. Or if this happens, I'm going to give it to this guy. Or if this happens, I'm going to give it to that guy versus – Scotty, it almost feels a little natural, right? I'm going to look to shoot score first because I'm 6'9 with a 7'3 wingspan. But if it's not there for me, one quick peek and I know where to get the ball. And I'm like, like, shit, he's playmaking like he's in his third, fourth, fifth year in the league versus like a rookie. So. So I was impressed. Yeah, man. Anything else, Daniel? No, yeah, that pretty much is it, man. That's it. It's just, you know, yeah. I absolutely agree with with one, at least one of the points that that Reese brought up that, you know, you need to be able to be a, a solid finisher in order to be a great playmaker, at least 
some of the time, you know, in certain cases, for example, in Fred's case, it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, a large factor because if, if they know that you're not going to be able to finish at the rim, well, then they're not really going to, you know, they're, they're going to allow you to take as many shots at the rim as you want. So in order to command the attention on the inside and in the paint, in order to open up your teammates, you need to be a decent finisher in order to command that attention. So I absolutely agree with that point. I absolutely agree with, you know, the fact that you need to, um, it's really good that you're looking to, you know, that Scotty is looking to score first and then kind of look around and he's not going up to the rim with the intention of passing. He's going up to the rim with the intention of scoring, but he's also able to depend on his playmaking skill set in that same scenario. And he's able to kind of like make the right decision, which I thought his decision making today was also really great. So, yeah, that's a good Eric, can, can we bring somebody up? There's a special person that's listening right now and me and her have had uh just disputes arguments we just never saw eye to eye when it came to this uh Absolutely but good. she she won she good. won i don't like it that she won i don't like admitting defeat can we bring up kate kate for barnes and Bur- can we bring her up yeah let's do it all right cheers daniel thanks thanks a lot man kate you win i don't like that you won but you won bring bring your ass up i know you see me too that's like my 10th invite Ow. Look what we have here. Oh, my God. <laughs> Catherine, like, what up? I, I know that's I not your wanna, real government, but. I don't want to get too, like, I mean, it is a preseason game. Like, we keep qualifying it that way. Obviously, like, Scotty's going to run into troubles. Obviously, when the scouting reports start to pick up on what he can do, he's going to start, he's going to need to, like, overcome those hurdles. He looks good. He looks so good. So and I'm, he does. I'm, I'm so excited about him. He's just so thrilling to watch. And he's just got such a great personality. Like, you just want to watch him. You just want to see what he's doing. Like, I don't know if you guys caught, but, like, he he saved, like, three balls from out of bounds. Like, just, just behind the net there when people were fucking up layups and shit like that. He's everywhere. He's around every play on both he's ends. Everywhere. And I'm just like, is, he's hard not to like a lot or even love. It's hard not him. to. I love him. I'm, I'm I might too. Him. I did let him know via Twitter. I didn't. I'm so glad to hear you come around, Reese. It only took you one game for real. Um, you know, obviously Suggs is going to be a, a nice player too, but Scotty just looks like he's going to be special. I just and I you you deserve your flowers in this one because you were adamant this is going to be the pick. We fought you on it. We fought you day one. We fought you summer <laughs> league. But sometimes you're going to be wrong in life, and I just I got it. Take my L now. I gotta give you your flowers. I, I'm enjoying watching. Thank Scotty you, Barnes. sir. Yes, he's a joy. I'm glad we can all be on the same page that we all love Scotty Barnes now, except for maybe one Twitter holdout. Kate, I've Once, got a question because you okay. really were Reese's right. You were, I think, the first person I saw because you know we it wasn't really official that we were picking Barnes yet. You know, everybody still thought that we were mm-hmm. picking Suggs. Thanks, Michael mm-hmm. Grange. And so when you were kind of supporting Barnes, even from the very beginning, you know, a lot of people were kind of giving you slack for it. What did you see in Barnes then that you're still seeing? (laughs) Honestly, like I can't take, I I can't, at first I was being contrarian just because that's what I like to do. Um, Because everybody thought that it was going to be Suggs. And so I was a little bit contrarian. Um, And then you just started hearing more and more rumors about, about the Raptors really liking him. Um some other things that I don't really want to speak on, but you know, you just started to hear these rumors and I just started to look at like who he was a little bit more. And I just realized like, of course they're going to pick him. He's got like, prototypical. 
it, it's it's prototypical. Like this is just Masai's been wanting his like white whale forever. Like he's been he want he Giannis was the one that got away. He's going for the one that's going to be closer to Giannis than the one that's going to be you know a six foot three point guard. Which one's more difficult to get, the elite wing or the point guard? That's true. You know, and it just it just sort of hit me. I was like, you know what? Like this just makes sense. It just makes too much sense. And I never really thought that it was going to be for real. Um, and then it turned out to you were being be. contrarian, though. But it worked though. Like you kind of. I started off being contrarian, and then and then yeah, I just sort of did a little bit more research and just sort of realized that you know what? Like I I could actually see this. I at first. The first one that I that I hit on for Contrarian was Kaminga because I was like, maybe they'll just take Kaminga. Maybe they're going to move back. Um, yeah, yeah I thought if parts. anyone was going to be like the Great White Buffalo, that it's like if it's not Suggs, you're going to reach. Yeah, I would have thought because like Kaminga has like the body profile was I think the number one recruit coming out of high school, even over Suggs. Yeah, all yeah. those guys like he's from Africa. Like I was just like, it makes too much sense if it's not Suggs. But Scotty, it's like a, it's just the all-around guy there's not that many holes he loves the game student the game very ex- impressionable exciting guy like happy go lucky like I'm I still didn't see it like you know he's, he's solid but like I didn't see it and it's just you you saw it and I was upset you saw it for a long time I didn't get over it all <laughs> summer um, but here we are and speaking of you made a good point about what is harder the wing or the point guard yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Van Fleet looked look good tonight obviously like he, yeah, he did those miss some shots that he normally hits but when he, I like that he could always get to the rim. His thing was never finishing at the rim, but he knows he can get there and it opened up opportunities and he sees that Kyle's not here anymore. You got to create for others, like those easy dump offs for other people. I'm just like, Fred, you do that consistently. We're, we're cooking with grease here because they, they can't stop him. He's too small. He's, he's got wiggle. He's too fast. He's too strong for that size. Right. So he can get I there. just, it was remarkable to me just to watch, like, and again, preseason game, not going to get ahead of myself, but just to watch how overwhelmed at points the, the 76ers looked like oh, yeah. with all those six foot nine dudes just all over them. Like they have, they've got, they've got, I don't see, I don't think there's very many teams that are going to have an answer for this. Like it's crazy. No. And if we start Utah, we haven't even spoken on Utah yet. He's Utah a player. He's a looked player. so good. He's hitting all of his threes. He's also defending like, like, he was defending so hard. Out the there. defense was the big thing, absolutely. And he's he got like blocking Drummond. Like, come on, hitting threes, knocking down threes, just hustle plays all over the place, doing everything you want him to do. And I just saw that Nick Nurse, uh, like, basically confirmed he's a lock. But we already knew that. Like, you, he, he, he looks good. He's a player. Beyond, like, you know, his thing is he was gonna be a guy in this league if he plays defense and just hits. What? Two out of five open catch and shoot threes, right? I'm starting mm-hmm. to see a little bit of range. I'm starting to see he's willing to take and make contested threes, hand in your face. I'm not scared because I'm in his own right. He's, I think he's like six eight. In yeah, his own right. he's a, he's a big kid, so he's he's hitting those shots. It's no fear, like, it, and even he puts the ball in the deck a little bit. I haven't seen him like put the ball in the deck, go crazy, and try to finish at the rim. But like, he's not scared to take a couple of dribbles, you know, canvas the the court, see what's out there, try to make a couple plays. And then just reset. Like he's just a smart guy. Like he's just—he plays a type of like of, of like like perfect basketball in the way that like he's obviously not a perfect player, but he's not making stupid fuck ups. Like he's, he's where, coach's he's, pet. He's coach's he's, pet. He's where he should be. He knows that play playbook inside and out. You know that he could rewrite that thing from memory mm-hmm. if 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 he had to. 
And he's just where he needs to be and doing the things that he needs to do. All the little things during a preseason game when, when a guy might just like relax a little bit. Yuta Watadabe is not relaxing out there. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's and his, coach his, final, his final stat line was 10.7 rebounds, two three-pointers, and uh, two steals from what I remember. Man, like that's nice. Come on. Right. Like, he's gonna get we, real minutes, like yeah. real, like you you can trust him, like you can yeah. legitimately trust. I don't I don't think he's necessarily a six man, but as a seven eight nine guy who's gonna play 15, 20 minutes a night, you're not gonna Absolutely. miss a beat defensively, and you can't leave him open because he's gonna burn you. Absolutely. He's gonna burn you. And the fantastic yeah. thing is that he can play just like as many positions as he wants. You know, mm-hmm. he can play the two, he can play the three, and he can play the four. So I think his ideal position is probably coming off coming on for OG that's probably where he's going to get the most of his minutes and you know if he can start playing like this if he can play defense like this then he's going to get a lot of minutes and he's gonna have a hell of a season he's gonna play 23 to 25 minutes tonight because Chris Boucher is out four weeks so those first couple weeks of the season where there's no Chris Boucher who do you it's all about who do you trust early in the season right so you got your main starting five Pascal's out so tonight's starting five and then Gary's gonna come in Gary's gonna play a lot of minutes and then after that it's Utah and then Svi, right? Svi was very impressive. I saw a little bit he of him. Nice. Uh, yeah, we all saw whenever he like whoops our ass and then Lakers summer league. And I'm just like, this kid, like I didn't know he first of all he could put the ball in the deck. He could play make. I didn't know he liked to finish at the rim. I just thought of him as off the dribble three. Did you see that? That was like his yes. first play of the game. I was like, are you kidding Catherine, me? Catherine, bro, still. That's not even. But are you <laughs> kidding me? Like, come on, Svi. Like one this point. Is, this is one like. I almost tweeted at you, Reese. I was like, this is your off the dribble three. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's our guy to do it. <laughs> yeah. One point I wanted to make on Svi was that like a lot of people were talking about, you know, the fact that we didn't really acquire anybody in the offseason. And a lot of people were bringing up the name Isaiah Hardenstein. Even Blake was making a joke <laughs> about like exactly who was, who was talking about it. And the fact that we didn't get him uh, was sad to a few people. But it seemed to me that he played, at, you know, Isaiah Hardenstein's game, but at a higher level. It seems like he's just a better Isaiah Harden. Well, well they're different players. They're different players. Like one Isaiah Hardenstein is a six eleven, six ten guy with a little playmaking, a little range. But like the Raptors don't want that traditional six eleven, seven footer. They want to be this. They want maybe Van Fleet's going to be the only guy that's not six nine that's going to be on the floor, and then Gary, who I think six six. Everyone else, they can all dribble, they can all shoot, they can all pass. They're six nine. They they switched everything. Like tonight was hilarious to watch because it's like. You know, especially come playoff time, teams hunt mismatches, right? Oh, I got this player. I'm going to cook him. Like, a lot of – remember the Boston series? It's, oh, if we can get Siakam in the post versus Kemba, that'd be amazing, right? Like, that's how, like, teams want to play. But can you do that against the Raptors? Maybe against Van Fleet, but in his own right, strong, creates turnovers, all that. But the Raptors want to have this identity of six, eight, six, nine guys all along, all run, jump, dribble, shoot, pass. So – and you kind of saw like a glimpse of what the future looks like tonight. I know it's the preseason, but still, it's encouraging to watch. They they didn't it, miss a beat. They switched everything. They switched it's gonna everything be it's it's gonna be really it's gonna be really fun to watch this how it plays out because like I'm not expecting the world this year, but the next couple of years are gonna be a lot of fun. And I think that there's gonna be some teams in this league that um, are gonna start to to look to build like the Raptors. But the problem is you can't just start building a team like this overnight. Like we already had two, two elite guys already on this team in, in Pascal and an OG that can already do this kind of profile. So like, you know, you can't just. Well, Bobby got his third guy. Bobby came out and said in a, 
I, I'm Bodyguard not going to lie to y'all. I was not a fan of hearing this. He said if I could get five OGs and Pascals all in the floor at the same time, I can and I will, or, you know. And I didn't like that idea, obviously, because, you know, sometimes you're stuck in your own ways, right? Like, you want a traditional guard that's a little more explosive, you know, a little more speed, smarter the ground. You want a traditional center. That's how you're kind of, I don't want to say raised, but that's how you see basketball, right? And there's value in that. But then it's like, uh, I, I mentioned this to Eric earlier, the, in every line of work, you look for market inefficiencies. Mm-hmm. You look to find value at low cost or, you know, you just try to maximize value in just the way that no one else in the industry is looking at. And the rappers see a value in just having all these long, switchable, athletic guys that do everything. They don't need to excel at one specific thing. And then even at the bottom of the rotation, you look at guys like Svi and Utah. These are both six, seven, six, eight guys. They both can shoot. I don't. Svi can't defend I, from his past sample size, but Utah can for show lock up. Mm-hmm. They both rebound. They're both not scared to dribble. Like it, you know, what if this thing works? You you want? Uh, this is a performance driven business, but as of day one of the start of the league, I know it's preseason. It worked, so I want to see it game two. But if it works again, you're gonna keep building up the optimism. That's how I look at it. It's- That's exactly what I wanted to ask. Kate, did you think that it worked today? Did you think that Masai? You think Masai's plan is gonna work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're get. I think we're getting. It. I mean, we haven't even really talked about Precious. Precious looked great too. Delano. Oh my looked god, amazing. my soul. And it's just, yeah, do I think it's going to work? I think you're starting to see a bit more clearly what the vision is, right? And, you know, I've always said this from the beginning when people were sort of down on this idea of, you know, even I said this to Reese, I said, you know, if it doesn't work, well, you've got the most highly coveted position in six foot nine. You've got scads of them. You can trade for any player that you want because you've got the type of player that everybody's looking for um, stocked up on your on your team. So, you know, even if it doesn't work, moving around a couple of these pieces to bring in guys that will work, I think is is a lot easier than trying to, you know, than tethering yourself to like a Kemba Walker, who is great at playmaking, great at shot making, but can't defend. And we've seen how that turns out in the playoffs. So, you know, I just think there's a certain type of guy right now in this NBA that's that everybody's looking for and we've got a whole team full of them now and um i don't know i just think it's gonna be a really interesting place to 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 be um through this year and into next year at the very least it's gonna be a damn fun team to watch this year because they're so fun and they're easy to root for easy to root for a group of guys and you can just see you can see where they're going you can see that this is there's growth on the horizon and you don't have to look at this and say okay this team is shit you just say this is the beginning part of what's going to be a five year run of a lot of fun i think they can be better sooner like the the optim- i'm going to calm down i'm going to see <laughs> uh, i've been drinking a little bit of tito's i'm going to i'm going to calm down i'm going to see how you I feel tomorrow I, I want to overreact so bad. You know why? Because, like, I know we're talking about that great white buffalo, that unicorn potentially being Scotty. And then I saw Precious Hoop today. Oh and I'm just God. like, Jesus he Christ. so good. What were, they, Jesus. what were they doing to him up in in uh, up in Miami? Like, <laughs> well, the well, they culture. want him to be a bam. They, the they want him to be, be a bam type. 
Yo, we'll get to know. Precious, but like right before we move on, uh, Kate, hopefully you stay with us for you know as long as you want. She's not going nowhere. She yeah, bought Scotty Barnes in our life. Yeah, you're not going nowhere. Kate. <laughs> we're gonna move on to the next speaker yeah. after to, to get them. No, bring, to get bring the someone in, but... else up here. I've been I've been hogging the time, but like I'll stay up. But one last I'll one last stay, question I'll I want to ask and, you guys, and, and just kick in from everyone. One last question I wanted to ask you guys before we get to ND. Uh, D or ND, you know what? Feel free to to respond as well. Is the Magic Johnson comparison in form, not in quality, but in form? Is it a premature comparison? I don't like these players. I'm just going to speak on this really quick. I, I actually don't generally like to do player comparisons because I think um, it sets a player up for an expectation that he may not be able to achieve, especially when you're talking about an all-time great like Magic Johnson. But I'm going to just overreact because it's the preseason, and I'm going to say that Scotty's like the next coming of Magic Johnson. Yeah, Absolutely. Eric, I got a couple player comparisons for you for Scotty for my like first point. All right, let's hear him. And and again, some people might not like it like immediately, but just rock with me here. I see a lot of Lamar Odom, and if Odom played in today's game, he's an All NBA player mm-hmm. every year. He got kind of cast. He had his own personal issues, you know, deaths in the family, stuff like that. His life, you know, pretty tragic life, but you know, and and guys didn't know what to do with point forwards in those early mid two thousands, but then he really settled in nicely with the Clippers and the Lakers. But if you put Lamar Odom in today's NBA, today's free flowing positionless basketball, and you see all the value that he could bring you, he'd be an all NBA talent. And I see a lot of that just hustle plays. I can get out of rebound. I can dribble. I can be a point guard here. I can be a power forward here. You saw that with Scotty. I'm post up this smaller player. Oh, I got the ball. I just got a rebound. I'm going to run the open floor. I'm going to see what's available to me. I'm going to make a pass. Oh, I need to go score. I can hit a mid-range. Lamar did the same thing. And granted, Lamar's stats are pretty modest because he was always – because they didn't know what to do with point forwards at the time. Wasn't a true power forward. So his best roles were as a six-man, a 14-6-6 guy or a 14-8-6 guy. But in today's NBA, with all this spacing, he'd be a mismatch one through five because he's too big, he's too fast, too long. Probably be a 20-22 to 22 game a guy, eight rebounds, five-six assists. That's an all-NBA player. For all of we, we talk about Pascal, Pascal is an all-NBA-level talent at his best, right? Yeah. So that's how I see Scott. Like, just a lot of the same stuff I saw from Lakers Lamar. You know, I'm not that old. You know, I'm only 27. <laughs> but Lakers Lamar, I see a lot of that. And he was – you can make it, you know, you know, the debate. It's probably the second or third best player on that team any given night in those two championship teams that had uh, Gasol and Kobe. So that's how I see him. I like that player comparison. And then somewhat to an extent, even though he's a bigger guy, what Sean Livingston would have been if Sean Livingston was healthy, fulfilled his career. Like, just a big-ass point I like guard. that one. Just a big-ass yeah. point That's guard. That's a good Sean Livingston, if he was healthy, would be an all-NBA point He'd be an all-NBA point guard. So, Do you I, I think, do you think either of those comparisons do justice to Scotty's passing ability? Yeah, those are, they're both great playmakers. That's the thing. A lot of what we look at is you got to have 10 assists to be a great player. you got to be like Steve Nash. No. Like, these are big playmakers, right? There's advantages in being that. You see over everybody. You see the floor a little earlier, a little sooner. Um, and then you have the option to score because everyone is smaller than you. It's just Sean Livingston had the, you know, the crazy leg injury. And then Lamar was a point forward in a time where everyone was playing traditional basketball, pos- position basketball. I need a traditional four or five. I need a small point guard that play makes doesn't score. You look at point guards today, all the good ones score 20 a game now. You know, so that's just how it is kind of a little bit victim of circumstance. But if you put them in today's game where it just 
it is just a little easier for them, right? So that's yes. that's kind of, that's how I kind of see it. Like I don't know how successful a Ben Simmons would be in 0506. I don't know if they put him at point guard. I don't know if they put him at the four. You don't know you know how that works out, right? But today it doesn't matter. And I look at Scotty a lot of the same things. He doesn't have many weaknesses, and his athleticism, his body type, that's just a huge strength. I like that he's willing to shoot. If that three ball is even league average, watch out. This is this is a demon kid. He's a demon. He is a demon. So. And and like the playmaking cannot be overstated because the vision that he already good, the vision babe. that he already has right now old time. has like it's good. He has a baby. Like he's 20. And it's all that just potential. means his optionality is 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 so limitless now because as his offensive game develops, he just is going to have all of these options available to him to make just a ridiculous play if he gets into trouble right. or to take the shot. And that's what you need. That That's the one thing that Giannis is really missing in his game. That's the thing that Pascal had to work so hard. And now we're five years in and he's finally getting, these are the things that are dif- difficult to develop. I think in terms of, you know, being well, Kate, to counter that a little bit, their thing is Giannis <clears throat> developing in Greece and Pascal at NBA Africa and then coming to oh, New sure. Mexico State. Sure, sure. He was like a traditional power forward and then no, Giannis I, was not, a tweener. This, three. This four. isn't a bad thing. I'm just saying oh, if, yeah, if no, you're, you're looking right, you're at right. those types of players and like what what could he might be ahead of the curve yeah, exactly he's he just might ahead be ahead of, of the that's curve that's all i'm saying he's ahead of the curve in terms of like getting to mm-hmm. to that point so you know whereas it took Giannis and and pascal four or five years to develop into the players that they are maybe we can start to see like this sort of greatness out of scotty after two three years kind of thing yeah <laughs> i'm really Good getting ahead guys. of myself but Good everyone talk i'm listening i just gotta go urinate real quick oh great <laughs> i've got to say I, I do think that um that scotty barnes has all time passing potential i think he's going to be an amazing playmaker and don't be surprised if he's one of the best passers in the league even in his rookie season but with all that said nd we've kept you waiting long enough my man what do you what do you want to say well i was gonna say for a comparison with scotty barnes uh, i don't see this a lot but scotty pippen's a good one right with a playmaker in the defense yeah a lot of people I don't, know why, I don't know why that's not brought up a lot with scotty barnes but i really see it this was a little bit weird coach thorpe, coach thorpe used to always say that yeah this is a little bit weirder because it's still it's like out of left field. But I've been watching a lot of Jason Kidd. But watching this game, the way Scotty moved from the mid post and was passing, I saw a lot of Jason Kidd's playmaking. The only thing is that Scotty Barnes is just a lot better finishing than Jason Kidd is already. But also defensively, because in O two, Jason Kidd was used as a roamer a lot, and I can see Scotty Barnes being that. So imagine like a six nine or six eight Jason Kidd, like that's fucking crazy to me. Yeah, fair enough. That's that's a decent comparison. Uh, anything else you wanted to say? We, I know I kept you uh, waiting a long time, so for that reason, you know, feel free to. to bring <laughs> yeah, I was going to talk about Precious. Uh, yeah, Precious, bro. Precious is my guy. He's my Nigerian brother. We were born in the same city. I love him. Well, he was amazing, bro. The jump shot was there. He was taking pull up middies, and I was shocked because if you guys remember, the like he Twitter was calling him calling him ass, and he couldn't catch a ball and all of that. Well, you see the guy bringing the ball coast to coast. The guy is taking up uh step back few pointers basically. And yo, bro, he's crazy. And he's switchable too. So yeah, I'm really happy for him. Absolutely. I think it, what what that probably caught us, that's probably the one attribute that caught us all off guard as Raptors fans. That where, you know, we were I think a lot of us were surprised when we saw that he had a pretty decent three ball. I think he shot fifty percent uh in summer league from three, at least for one of the games. But I'm pretty confident that he shot fifty percent as a as a whole, um, although not on a lot of attempts. 
So that was surprising enough. But the fact that he comes out tonight and now he's got this top of the key mid range jumper and sometimes even off the dribble, I think that surprised a lot of us. What did you guys think about that? What did you think about that, Kate? I'm sorry, I missed the last part because I was coughing. Um, but yeah, no, no, but no worries. Like, I was talking about the Precious's mid range off the oh, dribble, yeah. like especially he made, he, you know, he like a, how a, surprising a quick, that was. A quick two of those, like early on in the game, and I was just like, I didn't even know that that was an aspect of his game that he even had. So. Um, exactly. You know, yeah. Obviously, Masai saw something in him. They were apparently gunning for him really hard. Like he was always the guy that they wanted, even last year uh, at the dead or at the deadline when there was potential that we might have moved Lowry in March. Um, you know, he was always the guy that I guess that we really wanted. We wanted to draft him too. So he's just always been somebody that we've been watching. Um, it's really nice to see that he's got these capabilities that I don't think any of us really knew that he had. I, I'm just wondering, Andy, you said that you've been following his career for a while. Did you, did you see him? Like, are you familiar with his game when he was in high school or university? Uh, like, did, did he show these flashes well, before? Or... Who, Scotty? I was watching no, some precious. videos over the summer. And I saw a couple of videos talking about his ball handling, his shooting being a real thing. Not a real thing, but a potential, I guess, X factor for his career. So I wasn't too surprised. I was more surprised of how I guess confident yeah, he, he was. Yeah, he smooth too. Really? Like, yeah, there was just there was no there was no hesitation when you know when he was going to take those midi that those couple of midis and didn't he drain a three too? Well, beyond that, uh, you, Kate, you just said, uh, did he give any indication back in yeah. high school and college when James Wiseman went out? Um, not to say I'm an expert. There's a few clips that I saw back when he was on the Miami Heat that was highlighting his Memphis stuff. Like, I don't want to call it a point center, but they made it an emphasis that if there were bigger, slower centers on him, that the mismatches essentially it felt like an ISO. Like, go take that center, take him off the dribble. You're way more faster. You're long. You're going to finish right over or right around smaller center or bigger, slower centers, which I thought was very interesting because Miami's game with him is – you're just going to be a rim runner, and then maybe if you can spot up and shoot, but he didn't make any threes, I don't think, in Miami. That was what they no, wanted to kind made, of develop him. Zero. But like, he had a 0% three-point mm-hmm. shooting last year because he took zero three-pointers three last year. So it's surprising you're seeing his range now, so he's added to his game. But a lot of what he was doing at Memphis was if there are sm- bigger, slower centers on you, you're going to take them off the dribble, take them off the bounce. You're athletic, you're crafty, and you're long, so you can – you know, high arcers and some of those contact layups, you can finish those. So that was – he shot up the draft rankings pretty quickly too. I don't think he was really on a NBA draft radar as a – I think as a freshman or a sophomore. And then James Wiseman went out, went out, and I think he was an all-conference player. And a lot of it was the same stuff you saw tonight minus the shooting. It's get a rebound. You're going to go out and run. You can dribble. You're comfortable as a dribbler. And you're going to finish over slower guys. Like you're going to – run right past them, right, run, run right around, like around them. And, and now you see like the expanded game with the three ball. You saw that at Vegas. And now I didn't know he had a mid range game, a pull up mid range, which we're asking OG Scotty to have these type of, you know, skill sets in their arsenal. And you have a center, your starting center could potentially do that. Like, you know, at what point are we going to see him start over Kim? Oh, uh, this, I give it 10 games, 10 games is going to happen. <laughs> that's the, that's the thing. And Kim in his own right is a pretty good player, but mm-hmm. Precious, like, you know, if these are flat, I know these are, this is a preseason, but it's like, shit, like, if these flashes are even somewhat real, like, he got to play. 
Three, how do you even guard that? You have OG Siakam, Leslie becomes this, and Scotty. Like, what the fuck are you supposed to do? Well, in a half court, he's going to be a spot up guy, so they're going to leave him open, and he's got to, you got to make two out of five of those wide open threes, right? And that'll mm-hmm. open up everything else in this game. But again, the, the team doesn't give a shit about a half court. It's about one through five. We're going to lock you up, strap up. We're going to create turnovers, whether that be steals, you know, bad passes, you know, rebounds, and we're going to get out and run. And we have one through five big ass niggas that are going to run down the floor, and you can't stop them. They're freight trains. Yep. So I had a couple notes on Precious, and I think that, you know, what we saw today and what we've seen in the summer league as well, that three ball is going to be increasingly valuable. Reese, you know that you and I have spoken on the podcast about how, you know, his, you know, one, one close comparison for Precious is Robert Williams. Robert Williams is an insane talent. He is, you know, uh, 6'10", so kind of a small ball five in, in some sense. or maybe, He might be 6'8", 6'9", but he's got incredible wingspan. He's able to protect the rim. You know, he's, he's got decent playmaking. He can get up super, super, super high for the alley for finishes. And, um, you know, while Precious might not be as athletic, he's also got a whole other dimension to his game that Robert Williams doesn't have, and that's the shooting. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, defensively, you could make an argument that, you know, if I'm if I want to put somebody on Giannis, I'm definitely going with Robert Williams, at least at this stage, based on this sample size. But if Precious can become our Robert Williams with a three ball, I think that the value of that cannot be understated. That I feel would like be the ceiling is higher with Precious because he can dribble like Robert mm-hmm. Williams can't. A lot of Robert Williams value is uh, as a rim roller when he has good hands, catches the ball and then will just dunk on you. There's a lot of value in that. And he, yeah. for his own right, being undersized, like he can get out in space and he can contest shots, like he can rim protect. Like there, Robert Williams is a solid player. You see the flashes of Precious and what he can do if he puts everything together. You gotta love the upside. You just absolutely because Robert Williams doesn't dribble. Like Robert Williams doesn't shoot. Robert Williams, like yeah, like as a short roller can potentially play make, but Precious could potentially play make off the dribble as a center, yeah, you know? So exactly. not to, yeah. you know, diminish his game. Robert Williams is m- nice. And against teams that go small, like the Nets, where shitty guys like LaMarcus Aldridge and, you know, Blake Griffin, these weak, like, like just non-factor guys are going to be playing the five. Robert Williams is going to eat, you know? Precious going to eat. And with, with Precious, I see, uh, I don't know if we make the playoffs or not. I think we do. He's going to be more valuable in a playoff setting than he is in the regular season because you're not going to go outside of Joel Embiid. What seven footer are you going to go up against in the East? Other Giannis, like, or Brooklyn, like, Precious will kill Brook Lopez. Like, you see some of the stuff he did tonight. If Precious sees Brook Lopez, that might be cooked food, you know? Yeah. Like, that, that's how you got to look at it. Right. So, outside of Joel Embiid, come playoff time, teams are going small, they're going wingish, but the Raptors aren't. Precious is their five. Them going small is them going traditional. Absolutely. And, you know, like with Precious, the pick and pop opportunities as well are, you know, they're going to be key. We saw it today. We saw at least one pick and pop. And, you know, it was it was pretty nice. Like I I, I saw that and I was like, I got up out of my seat. I was like, damn, like I'm really, really excited to see what he does, because the shooting potential is one thing that I did not think he would have. So I was really surprised in summer league. I was even more surprised today. And one thing that I kind of noted was that he can attack the rim like a three or a four. Right. He can rim protect like a five. And he can shoot the ball almost like a two. You know, the fact that he shot around 50% from three in the summer league is something that's, again, cannot be understated. Like, there is immense potential across this Raptors team, but with Precious especially. Like, it's manifest in nobody greater than Precious. 
So, well, um, when we got Precious, I asked someone that's familiar with Precious' game going back to AAU, him picking Memphis, and then a little bit with the Heat. Uh, Precious in high school and AAU growing up was a wing that wasn't a very good wing and didn't see his career take off until he was playing four or five. And then you saw him play the five exclusively at Memphis. That's when he really took off because he didn't really have enough ball skill or like creation potential as a wing that would give him a chance to play the pro at the pro level. But being six, eight, six, nine is tall enough at the NBA in 2021. And he was already long. He was already super athletic, like run, jump, all of that stuff. And then his skills were, while not good at the three, were very good at the four or five. Very, like, it's a mismatch at that point. So that's when you kind of saw Precious' career take off again. And he also told me this. Precious was not like a draftable prospect up until you saw him, James Wiseman, leave and you saw him play the five at Memphis. So that just goes to was show. That, was that the Pascal Siakam fan account? Uh, I'm not sure. No, no. This was someone. This is someone, uh, a friend of mine that okay. lives, li- lives in Memphis. Okay. Because the Pascal Siakam fan account was the first time I actually started. Like, He's very knowledgeable. On one too. day on this, on the spaces one day. And he started talking about um, everything that he saw in Precious. And that was when I first was like, oh, we might have something here. Yeah. No, uh, Pascal fan uh, account. We've had a. Uh, Sometimes he'll check me if, if I say some stupid ass shit. I like him. He's very smart. So very intelligent. Smart guy. Good follow. Thanks, ND. Really appreciate you, man. Uh, thank you. Have a great night. Cheers. You too, Brody. Hey, Regina. What's up? Oh, what, what's up, guys? I'm just chilling. Did you have anything to say in specific? What's up, best friend? <laughs> what's up, Reese? Um, yeah. yeah. Scotty's gonna get the rookie of the year. Did we talk? Let's about talk that? about it, Regina. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, it. We really have a rookie of the year candidate, guys. We haven't had one in hey, so no. long. He gonna win no, it. We don't. I don't we, give a no, fuck. No, we don't. We have the rookie of the year. Regina, talk to him. <laughs> we have we have the rookie of the year. It's like no question. Let me email my new boss. No, Hang on, like, Regina, Regina. Just, you need just to, to be sure you're being 100 percent serious, right? Yeah. I, I've never lied in my life. So, yeah, I, I'm 100%. Curious. So you think that he can compete with the likes of Jalen Green and Kate Cunningham who are probably going to be seeing like 30 minutes? No, Eric. no I don't. I think he's, No, he's going to blow them out of the fucking Eric, water. when I tell you Regina has literally like actually never, ever lied, she has actually like never, ever lied. <laughs> Thank you. Come on now. Reese, you're the only one you know, I got. You're the only one I got. <laughs> Regina, right, if you don't got uh, nothing case. else, uh, Santa Rosa want to say something. Shout out Shorty. She, she know a lot of good hoop stuff. Uh, I know she's got a couple stuff to say. All right, Regina, stay on standby. Let's hear from um, let's hear from Santa Rosa first. What's up? Hi, guys. Um, how are you? Good, good. Uh, Doing well. I, was, I just really want to talk about um, Goron tonight because I feel like you know in the off season he was you know with all the comments and everything, you know, we were just like okay, forget about Goron. Let's train it to Dallas. But I feel like he really did something tonight to help the Raptors. Um, you know, as the Goron and Scotty connection in the first um, quarter and everything, I feel like he could really help the Raptors um, be that veteran sh- um, point guard, you know, give us the shot making. What do you guys think about that? Can, 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 you, can you one time repeat that question? My bad, I took a sip. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Say it one, one more time. Let me Go one more time for everybody who might have missed it. Oh, me? Okay. That was yeah, so yeah. rude to me. I'm not that. Yeah, I yeah. swear to God, my my fault. 
it was just really about Goron and just seeing how like um he really okay, helped okay. the Raptors tonight with like you know the playmaking and the shooting and mm-hmm. um seeing that you know connection with him and Scotty you know it's really funny um but I feel like we need him on the team at least right now because my whole idea was like we draft we trade him to um Dallas for Moses Brown to get like mm-hmm. a, yes to get yes. like a center and everything and but I feel like with seeing him out there he could be like a Lowry re- replacement in that sense what do you guys think about that Eric, do you want to go first? Or? Well, there's there's I'll no replacing again. Lowry. So yeah, no bad. replacing Lowry. No, no, no. But Van Fleet looked good though. Van, yeah, I will no, say Van this Fleet with Goron. Uh, we we and I think a bunch of us said this earlier. Um, we there's not there's not a consensus on Malachi Flynn yet, right? And mm-hmm. I know even though he came out of college as an older guy, I think a junior or a senior, young guards, they need a little bit. They need reps. It's like they got to get a feel of the game. Like they're it's hard to be a floor general year one, year two in the league. And while Malachi, I think highly of as a potential high end backup in this league, or maybe a French starter needs some time. So even before Kyle Lowry left, the need was some type of veteran backup point guard that you don't need to put all the pressure on Malachi to be the guy year two. You can ease him into the role. Malachi. It's okay. If he doesn't play a lot of minutes this year, learning it under Kyle Lowry and Van Fleet and then Goran Dragic, I think does more good than bad for him. Point guards also, they get better over time. It's almost like playing quarterback in the NFL. So having someone that can, you know, take some of the load off of Malachi was big. And Goran, like, there's still high-level basketball there. Two years ago, he's a top-three player on a team that went to the finals, you know? Him, yeah. Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. Like, Goran was big, hit a lot of big shots. It took a lot of the playmaking there. When his, when his play dropped off a little bit last year, you saw the Heat weren't the same team. But a lot of what they did two years ago on that finals run was you have a lot of playmaking outside of Jimmy Butler from Goran Dragic, who can also hit timely big shots from range. So I, he gave you a lot of encouraging stuff tonight. The offense looked good when the ball's in his hands. He can either shoot. He's a secondary playmaker after Van Fleet, who you want Van Fleet and Siakam to probably take the brunt of the playmaking duties on the team. But you, if your third guy is Goran Dragic, you're doing better than a lot of teams already on that. And yep. the one encouraging thing, I know it's preseason. He didn't look bad defensively. He didn't look like a injured older guy in this league. That That's probably why Miami wasn't interested in keeping him. And then went the Kyle Lowry route was Goran's dealt with a lot of injuries. His game has kind of slowed up last year. It hurt yeah. the team. And they want to get a lot of that value back in adding Kyle Lowry, who's even more of a value than Goran Dragic. But tonight was you know, impressive, and I think there's still a lot of basketball there. He's a good player. He's a dirty player. He's a sack of shit, but he's a good player. And, you know, <laughs> it, it allows Malachi Flynn time for Malachi to figure his shit out. I didn't like that Malachi didn't play until late in the third quarter. I, don't, I think yeah. a first-round draft pick who has shown upside, I don't think he's good yet, but will be good. You want to give him a lot of minutes. I just felt like when he came into the game, he – you know, it was, like, a little bit shaky at first, but then he just started hitting all his shots. Yep. And I think that's, like, the growth that we saw from the off season and different videos we saw Agreed. of um, Malachi Flynn. Like, he's not going to, like, take Nick Nurse um, sitting him out for, like, three quarters and, no, you know, to play. come out and play like crap. He's going to just play, you know. I think he has that Freddie Van Fleet mentality, you know. I agree. A lot yeah, of here for Malachi. Malachi is Malachi. what she meant. 
A lot of Malachi, though, and the difference with Van Fleet. Van Fleet, for better or worse, there's that mentality where I'm going to be a dog. I'm going to play my game. I don't give a fuck if LeBron James is my teammate. While Malachi, sometimes throughout the year, you felt he might have been a little starstruck or I don't know how to assert myself into the game yet because I'm still a rook. And you want to see that year, too, and you will see that. But there's things to like in his game. If he hits shots, everything else opens up for him. He's not overly athletic or overly dynamic as a ball handler that just all of a sudden his good playmaking is going to come out. It's not going to come out until you see him hit those shots from range, which you did see that tonight. I So I just wish he played more. He's still going to be good in this league. Like He's going to be an NBA guy. He's going to have a long career. It's just uh, a lot of it is mentality. Like Van Fleet's mentality is special. I don't – like if you were to count them at the same age, you know, Van Fleet coming out of Wichita and then – uh, uh, Malachi coming out of what is it, San Diego State? Yeah, Malachi yeah. is a big. He's six foot, but he's pretty long for six foot. Hits a lot of tough yeah. shots. He was a conference player of the year. Like he's really good. Like that's a wash. Defensive most, player of the year for the conference. Yeah, defensive player of the year. But he Malachi probably went higher in the draft too. Yeah, exactly. Well. Van Fleet was not a draftable guy. He was undersized. Like there's still holes in his game. But Van Fleet's mentality is what made him an above average starter in this league. But where it's like. I'm Kawhi Leonard's on my team, yet I'm gonna hit the biggest shots against the Bucks. I'm gonna hit the biggest shots in Game Six against the Warriors. For better or for worse, it's that mentality. So yeah, absolutely, and that mentality like earned him that Finals MVP vote. And honestly, I don't think any of us would have had any argument if he earned more than one of those Finals MVP votes because we wouldn't have won the chip without Freddie. True. Um. Yep. Also, for better or worse, like one last thing is just um, other than Utah being a lock on for the roster, like who would you guys? would like to see to take up the last you know two spots or so reese why don't you go first <laughs> speed is uh... nice i like him and For uh real. yeah he's nice i liked uh, is it pronounced champagne or something else and champagne. Champagne. champagne was nice at summer league which again those end of the rotation guys um, and I made a tweet about this earlier. It's not for the most talented. It's about who knows their role and be a star in your role. And I'm like, you don't miss a beat defensively. He's like six five, six six. So he's not the six eight, six nine guy, but still switchable as an eight nine man. You know, he's he's gonna guard whoever's in front of him. He's not gonna, you know, give up ground there. And then hits tough shots. And then runs the floor and finishes a couple contact layups. You know, Here, Reese, let me couple... let me interrupt you real quick. Just give yeah, you the ahead. stat line: seventeen points, ten rebounds, three assists from Champagne today. You look at that and like this is the pre- you... like that's a NBA guy. That's a guy. That's a guy in this league. That's that's amazing. rebounding was always like, his, one of his greatest attributes in college, and you know you, we saw that today. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So my my friend is um uh, a Pitt fan, and he was like, Champagne's like really really nice. Like like look out for him. I was like, yeah, I like him in summer league. Hopefully he Good for him. shows up. Uh, so yeah, a guy that wasn't talked about a lot, but I liked him in his limited viewing. I like Bonga. I thought yeah, Bonga looked apart. Yeah, like three long. minutes though, right? You said what? He had like three or five minutes, right? Like he yeah, it wasn't long, a lot, but sucked. he looked apart. He's not gonna. He's not gonna. Mm. I I think the starting five plus Gary and Siakam. You got Chris Boucher. Utah earned those minutes as the eight nine guy. Malachi's in that equation, right? So that's probably your first ten right there. Um, so it's just about those last. Svi is pushing himself in that conversation. That's eleven. So it's just the team is much deeper than we thought. Yep, which is a surprise. So, 
I'll go I'll go next and then I'll and then I'll let Kate give her thoughts. So I think for me it would be Svi absolutely and I think the next person would probably be Delano. I think those are the two guys I'd I'd make, you know, I'd I'd, I'd allow to make the roster because I think that David those Johnson Those two guys have still... already made the those two guys have already made the roster though. Is that is that official because I know that there yeah. was a graphic that popped up on Sportsnet that said they were non-guaranteed contracts and I I, no, I thought that they, Delano's they were No, Delano's guaranteed and so is Svi. Okay, so like, they're not going to The only the reason why we're even able to get Svi was because we guaranteed him. Like, he, oh, so he's okay. guaranteed. There's only three spots. Okay, that's good. <laughs> There's that's only three thing. spots remaining, and the people that are competing for them are um, that new guy. I don't even know what his name is. Utah's uh, not guaranteed yet. Utah's, Utah's not, not guaranteed. guaranteed. Um, Utah better be guaranteed. Oh, he that's has crazy that he's not guaranteed okay, yet. Okay, so, you said that Masai confirmed it earlier, right? Not Masai. It was Nick. Nick, Nick said he's definitely got a place in, in the rotation. Okay. So he's he's made it. Um, Bonga. I'd like to see Sam compete Decker. for us. Sam yeah, Decker stinks, Decker. bro. Yeah. He's, nah, and he's not Sam Maga Decker. He's got to try, though. Yeah. I think he, he'll he, get more tries. He can try all he wants. Let's see the next game. Yeah, he'll get more tries. So let's, just, let's just finish answering this question nah. so we can move on. So, yeah, I think for me personally, it would be Svi, and it would be, you know, well, in that case, I guess it would be Utah, wouldn't it? But I think that David, Shem- I, I think that Champagny and um, uh, who else was it? It was Champagny and um, David Johnson. I think that they're both going to be really, really good for the 905. And I think that they're just still a little bit too raw. But, you know, David Johnson, he reminds me a lot of Jalen Harris. I think that they have pretty similar games that they can just score. You know, they're they're really, really good scorers, at least um, in college for Louisville. David Johnson was really, really impressive. He was really great off the dribble. So I think that he's going to have a lot of potential in that regard. But I think that they do still need to spend. He's They're less NBA-ready than the rest of the guys that we've got. But, Kate, why don't you give your two? Honestly, so obviously Utah's a, a lock. And, the, and I yeah. really don't know. I, I like the idea of the linebacker-like guy. Um, what's his name? Wainwright. Isn't he, isn't he guaranteed? No, it, he's just got a partial guarantee no. also. Oh, my gosh. Um, then it, Wainwright for me is that. That's He has to yeah, be Yeah, so it's Wainwright and... I don't know. Wainwright is insane. It's it's like a toss up with the other guys because I, I, we didn't really get to see much of Bonga, but do we really need another power forward? Um, Bonga's not a center. No. Okay. I don't think it is the fact nobody's got positions on this team. It's true. It's true. true. I mean, I, yeah, that's true because Bonga's listed as a guard. (laughs) And he's like six ten. My like my oh, sentimental right. favorite would be Gilly because he's like a sweetheart, but he's not gonna make it. Gilly was so, the uh, worst player on the court. Yeah, he was not good. I just I feel bad for him because he has talent. Like he yeah, got I here, know. like he gave you good spurts. Not basketball. His thing is he just doesn't know what he's meant to be on the floor for. Yeah, because he can still he can run. Like he's not tall, but he's long. Like you saw spurts in last year. I know it's all uh, because we saw Aaron Baines. Well, Aaron Baines is still an NBA guy, whether we like it or not. You know, and Gillespie had his moments where got you double digit rebounds, got you a few blocks, finished, you know, contact layups like for and ones. I'm like, and then you look at him in summer league against way worse competition. He's horrible. And then you look at him at a preseason day, he's horrible. I'm like, yeah, if you guys, Reese, if you remember, he actually, I think he has the record on the Raptors for like the most efficient minutes blocks wise. I think he had something. Where he had like, like six blocks in a game playing like something like that. But it was like minutes. 10 minutes. Some, I don't know. It was some crazy number of, of limited minutes and he had an absurd amount of blocks. Yeah, that's, that's NBA says. talent. But I don't think that we I don't think that we'd straight cut him. I think that if anything, we'd give him the opportunity to stay on the nine oh five and kind of earn his place back because that's where we got him from the G League, right? So, yeah, a lot of his game is confidence. And I'd rather in Masai and has historically been good with this when guys is, remember Siakam rookie year he wasn't good 
when he first started. He was awful. You send him to uh, 905, you let him kind of rebuild himself a little bit, get his mental. A lot of the mental is you got to realize you're good at basketball again. And how do you get good at basketball by like, or feel like you're good at basketball? You, just, you get buckets. You're scoring 20, 30 in a game. You're getting a bunch of rebounds. You're getting assists. You're making plays. And when you're playing in, at the highest level and you're not making any plays, you feel like you fucking suck. And Gillespie's just kind of in that no man's land right now where he doesn't he doesn't probably feel like he's good anymore. But he there was like a month span last year against the best in the world where you were doing your thing. You were not a liability. So it's just a lot of it is mental. Maybe he needs to go to the 905. Maybe it's a different organization. But yeah, he's awful. But like, like there's a lot of guys that are worse than him that are getting NBA contracts. So like, if we want to keep giving him his tick and let him figure it out, uh, I'm fine by that because he kind of earned the right with last year's play, right? Aaron Baines was awful. Alex Len was awful. We went super small Siakam OG at the five. That was awful. Then you got Ken Burch and Gillespie, and they were good. So, you know, I, I think he's earned the right to get a little more opportunity to figure his shit out. But it, it does yes. not look good now. Yeah, it definitely does. You know, he's going to get a lot more minutes. And yeah, I think the Raptors are going to do their due diligence and give him plenty of opportunity in the next four preseason games that we have left to show his stuff. Um, but yeah, you're right. It doesn't look good now. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Santa. No problem. Shout out, Santa. All right. I think um, Malcolm was probably next. What's up, Malcolm? Yo, what up? I was. I was pretty much going to say how I never wanted to say that I was thankful for us going to Tampa Bay, but in a way I have to be only because I know that if we were at home all season last year, that we would have not landed Scotty Barnes this year because we definitely would have still made the playoffs. Um, I think on a, Oh God, uh, like, like on like on a non-pandemic year, people don't understand how much Scosa Bank Arena has an impact on the game um, until they actually go and play there. Um, so for us to go to Tampa and um, take that year away from being in Canada, like um, we're kind of lucky with how that situation worked out because um, we definitely wouldn't have landed um, a top 10 pick at all. Um, so that's all I was going to say about that. Um, the other thing I was going to say, too, is that we're, I'm liking how deep our roster is. I think Nick Nurse will have a lot of fun um, playing around um, with the lineups from game to game because he can he can go like all deep on a 6-9, 6-8 lineup from time, depending on like if we're playing a Milwaukee team or um, any long teams like that, or he can switch it up and um, run his true five with Freddie in um but we're in like this is an exciting roster to look at for sure especially because it's not like we're talking about a 2017 2018 Raptors where we're trying to figure out okay well how many minutes is someone like Lucas Naguera gonna get you know so I'm pretty excited for how things are gonna shape up Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, it, w- w- was there anything specific you you, you might have that might have caught your eye in, in terms of observations from tonight's game? Was there anything that you were looking for? Anything that might have surprised you? Yeah, I was honestly just wanting to watch how Scotty handled the ball and how he was facilitating. Um, my favorite play actually came from what you call in basketball cherry picking, <laughs> but um, Scotty went. I can't even remember what quarter it happened, but. Um, Scotty had, I'm, 
trying to see if I can remember it. Maybe you guys will have better memory about about it than I will. But there was a pass um, that got to Scotty, and he took it to the baseline corner and ended up making a cross pass to the middle. That was very beautiful. Um, but the other oh, yeah, thing that, was that like I third, liked, there was like third quarter, and the cross pass that he sent it to was like to Yuta Watanabe, who was like storming in. Yes. Yes, it was beautiful. It was really nice. He kept it in his ability to keep um, the ball away from defenders and keep it just in one hand the, the entire the, time. That play that is he made pretty. with Danny Green, and he had yes, he, was, he basically palmed that basketball into like a dunk. Yes, unbelievable the way that he handled that ball, kept it away from Danny. Obviously, he's already, he's exactly. got so many inches on him, and then just brought that ball around and just dunked it on with was, that was his right hand. It was very young. It was still beautiful. It didn't look exactly. It didn't look like he was losing any control with no. it at all. He made sure to keep it in the same exact hand. Um, right now, like you guys were making comparisons to his game, and I like to see it as a faster and maybe more fun version of Kawhi Leonard. Because if you looked at his game the way Kawhi played, some things would seem in slow mo and would be the same exact motions that Scotty is making. Um, I do like his passing ability a lot better, but um, a lot of the things that I saw tonight out of Scotty seemed a little fast-paced, but you guys might have more to speak on that than I would, so to speak. Yeah, look, man, uh, appreciate you talking, and uh, we're going to have to let you go because we want to get to a few more people, but yeah, appreciate you, Malcolm. Thank you. My nigga Malcolm, salute. Well-spoken as always, bro. All right, who is next? Uh, I think we had Parlay Guy. What are you saying, parlay guy? What's going on, everybody? Reese, you know why I want to come up. My here. nigga Ev, my brother, Ev in the my, building. My brother, my 265 brother. Two six five sports. Everybody stop, tune in. Stop. Basketball, football, all of that. It's not come what on, we're now. doing. It's not what we're That's doing. That's exactly what we're doing. What up, E. Cardi? <laughs> I'm here Talk to, me. to discuss about the comments that you brightened and uh, Regina brought up about 10, 15 minutes ago about Scotty Barnes winning Rookie of the Year. I just want to say. FanDuel has him currently has the fifth longest odds at plus 1,300. Cade is in first at plus 250. Reese, you know, I think buffed up Cade has it in the book, man. But Cade, Cade over green is just criminal. For for odds or just who's going to win the award? Because Jalen Green is second in odds at plus 270. And what's Kate at? Kate is at plus. So it's, it's neck and neck. So it's basically neck it's and neck. neck. Suggs, Suggs is in third at plus 650. Mobley's like in Kate? fourth at plus 850. Bro, first of all, I, I don't think Mobley's going to finish in the Mobley's, top four. Yeah, Mobley's not going to look good. Uh, and, and yeah, that seems against, awful. That's nothing against Mobley specifically. It's, it's just Cleveland. he's on the Cavs. And it's, Team's it's awful. It's awful, and he's not going to get that ball. Can we just quickly recap who they got after drafting Mobley when they already had Allen? Lori Mark. <laughs> Markinen. <laughs> was there anybody else? Resign Jared Allen. So you resign Jared Allen and you and you sign Markinen and um and you've got Mobley. Yeah, no, that's that's just it's, pure. It's just not like I, what are they doing? <sighs> it's not going to be it, that team is not good. I definitely um, don't understand how Mobley is ahead of Scotty in terms of the odds. I don't know what Vegas sees in that. But I definitely, I, I definitely think Suggs, Green, and Cade all should have better odds. The him. one thing with Suggs, though, bro, um, Vegas is brain dead. Don't e Cardi, though, the one thing I, I want to say on this, I only got a few minutes, y'all, so I'm gonna answer my boy Ev question first. Um, the one thing with Suggs over Scotty is, I, you know, I love Suggs. You know, that's our boy. That's been our boy since 
you know, the, the college season, right? That's a crowded-ass backcourt. So I don't know if that'll eat into his minutes. I don't know if that'll eat into how Definitely. He's I wouldn't bet on Suggs either. I wouldn't bet on him yeah, yeah. unless I, he was I, plus 1,000. There's not enough value at plus 650. Exactly. Caden and Jalen for plus 250 or 270, to me, is a hell of a lot better bet oh, than, than taking a flyer on Scotty at plus 1,300. Well, yeah, but Scotty is comfortably, like, third willing. Like, I take him over Suggs or Mobley in the rookie of the year combo because Siakam is out early. Chris Boucher is out early. He's going to start. He's going to play a lot of minutes, and he's a stat sheet stuffer. He's going to get rebounds, assists, point. Like, he, he's a triple-double threat already. So that's the value in – and the one thing with the Raptors, that's a better team than all those other teams when it comes to those awards – Winning matters. Winning does when matter. Brogdon, I think Cade's going to have the Pistons it? winning enough, though. I think Cade oh, yeah. will get... I, I got Cade number one. I originally thought it was going to be Jalen Green because he's going to score a lot, but Cade's got weapons. Killian. He's got Sadiq Bey. Jeremiah Grant. Isaiah Stewart. Nice. Do they have DeLon Wright? They just added DeLon Wright. Nice backup last year. They, uh, they, they traded DeLon Wright. Oh, they traded him to the Kings, was it? For yeah. Corey Joe? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. But I'm like, Cade's got, like, a nice little foundation early. And you know the ball's still gonna be in his hands. That I, that's why, like, yep. I went back and forth yep. with him and Jalen Green, but I don't think the Rockets have enough weapons. And then also, while I like Kevin Porter Jr., this is gonna be his first full year playing point guard, and I don't know if he's a point guard. Just because you get six assists, don't make you a point. Like, you feel me? Like, people look too much in the assist thing rather than can you run the offense? Can you? Can you put the ball in a position where a guy can catch and shoot better? Can you put it in his chest or high around his neck? Not at his, you know, the little nuances of playing point guard. And they said they're not going to play John Wall. So it's like Jalen Green's going to have a, and he's not good defensively either. So there's going to be holes in this game. He's going to score 20, but a lot of guys that score 20 sometimes don't win. That's why I like Cade. I like Green at two, but then Scotty. It, at plus thirteen hundred, I like that more than what you're gonna put money. That's down good value. Over. It might be worth a sprinkle. It'll yep. be interesting to see how the odds change. I just wanted to bring that up, and obviously, I'm you glad know, you I'm did. Gambler, plus thirteen hundred. So. Yeah, takes you know, I'm a gambler. I gotta, I gotta see what I can bet on. You know, NBA is around the corner. We're trying to hit big. Oh, yeah, Appreciate you put you, you put twenty dollars. What can you win on twenty at plus thirteen hundred? Like that's that's nice. Well, ten wins you one thirty, so that two twenty wins you two sixty. Yeah, that, that's, that's nice. All that's it takes return. is, God forbid, Cade has a nagging injury throughout the year. And then it's like, Scotty might, it's him and Green. And then at that point, it's what do you value? Winning and rebounds and assists. And or stats. Or 20 a game. Jalen going to come in and he's going to give you 20 a game right away. That's true. Yo, appreciate so, you, Ad. Thanks for speaking, man. No, thank you, bro. Thank you, appreciate Cardi. it. Yo. Appreciate you, bro. All right. Do we hey, have e, I, I got to shake, shake for a little bit, y'all, by the way. Uh, yeah, I'll be no back problem. in like 10 minutes. Totally, man. All right, I'm a. Kate, you're you're my uh, surrogate co-host with Eric until I'm back. <laughs> All right, I'll try. All right, y'all, I'll be back. Do we have any other Raptors fans? While I make Kate the co-host, do we have any other Raptors fans who want to speak? Uh, yeah, I had a question. Yeah, go for it, man. Hey guys, uh, I'm looking down this roster: uh, Barnes, Delano. Yuta, and I think we could have a team where we could see us fielding some of the highest, like basketball IQ, processing, decision making, second and third units in the entire league. That's a good and point. Yeah. Do you think that'll have unexpected benefits, especially with like injuries and people being out, to being able to just like end of game, you know, 
you're putting the ball in someone's hands that's not Terrence Davis. Okay, do you, do you want to go first? Well, it feels a little bit like um like like the like the flexibility of roster that we had in 2019. Now, obviously, or sorry, 2020. Now, obviously not to that level because of course we had Marcus Gasol, we had Serge Ibaka, you know, you have Norman Powell, you have just all these incredible players, but I just feel like the flexibility and versatility of our second unit to mix and match play, you know, st- play, play with the starting unit when there's injuries and there's, there's already some of them. So we're going to be seeing this early on um, the ability for Nick to, to, to switch up the roster, depending on who we're playing. I, I think we we're seeing like the second iteration of that again, not to as high of a, lo- a level, but I'm excited to see what that, that's what that's going to bring because you know how much Nick likes to to switch things up to keep people on his toes. And I actually think that him switching those front, those, you know, switching the, his lineup, switching like who's playing from game to game, depending on um, who, who we're playing got us unexpected wins that maybe we just didn't really expect coming in, in that 20, 20, 2019, 2020 season. So, um, you know, I don't know really what to say. Like, I don't really like the, the talking about, IQ like basic basketball IQ because I think that that can sometimes um, have negative negative connotations in some some regards but I do definitely think that all the guys that we've got playing for us are 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 capable and able to switch around in the way that a lot of second units are aren't like we were just kill we were just killing the 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 the, the, the Sixers bench like what. <laughs> What's the Sixers bench look like that we were killing them like this? I just don't get it. Yeah, no, totally. Um, so one thing I would say is that I would agree with you that we have a pretty, pretty uh, a team that's pretty high in basketball IQ. I would agree in that. Um, you know, not just our starters, but our bench as well. You know, all the way to the end of the bench, the end of the roster. I think that we're just overall a very intelligent team when it comes to you know basketball plays. But you know, I think that more generally, we we just have a really, really deep roster in general. Um, but one point that I did want to make with respect to the fact that we do have a very, you know, a team high in, in IQ, if you want to call it that, is that, you know, what having a team with high IQ allows you to do is, you know, essentially execute the coach's game plan to a higher degree of efficacy. And, you know, for a coach like Nick Nurse, that's going to reap us a lot of benefits overall. So, you know, the fact that we are a smart team will allow Nick Nurse to be a lot more experimental in his lineups and will allow him – it. In other words, it gives him the tools to be, you know, to do what he wants to do. And I think that when you have a coach like Nick Nurse behind the wheel, that can only help and benefit your team. So I think that that was a really good observation, a good point, and definitely something to look out for, um, you know, in the coming season. I think it's definitely also, um, it, you know, you mentioned just seamlessly integrating various people into the into the lineup. Obviously, this is that's what we had in the 2019-2020 season when when everybody knew that those defensive plays like the back of their hand. Yep, and I so. think we're looking again at another team that's going to be just a defensive monster. Absolutely. With that elite switch, I, 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 I dare anybody in this, in this space to tell us a single team that is better and more switchable on defense than the Toronto Raptors. You there can't. isn't one. You can't. There isn't one. And that, and there's that no, is going to be really and, and, and doubly so, there's no team that puts as much emphasis on it. Besides maybe the Miami Heat, I can't think of another team that puts as much emphasis on elite defense. And the, the Heat doesn't have – they don't have the personnel for it. Well, I, they, 
well, they've I mean, made, you know, they've, they've got they've made, they've made some strides actually. They've made some, yeah, like you Last know, getting Deadman at the five, the, PJ yeah, yeah, yeah. at the four, or they the three. They got PJ I mean, now too. I forgot. Deadman is super Kyle. underrated as well. Deadman yeah. was giving Giannis the business yeah, in the no, playoffs. No, no, you know what? They've they've made they've made a, a big upgrade from last year this year in terms of their defense. Just last so year. We'll say, exactly. So we'll say the Heat are probably the one that comes closest to us. But overall, there's probably no team that can genuinely compete with us defensively. So yeah, man, I think that's a really good point. Good observation. Cheers, man. All right, appreciate you. Right, any other Raptors fans that want to speak for us just so that we can kind of wrap up the recorded show and get just into general free-flowing spaces? Request to speak if you're a Raptors fan and you want to, you got something to say. I think we got a lot of general NBA fans. As... Hey, you know what? I will say this. I will never Hold on, just a... Oh, just before you get it. just before you get in, Regina, because we're gonna you're, you're you know you're part of the kind of like core crew that we're gonna have toward the end. So we got um we got a speaker right here. I'll just wait to connect. Hey, how's it going? Veeps in the six. <laughs> oh, hello. Um, I just wanted to make a comment that I really love Delano. Um. <laughs> And I really appreciated him going coast to coast, like the moment that he came into the game. I was a little surprised because I thought he would be like, I don't know. Um, I guess he didn't seem like he would be NBA, like his body didn't look like NBA ready, Wrong. but like he's so fast, like he's so quick, like he's like a six nine guard, yeah. basically. Um, so I've been having fun uh, just watching him. I think the minutes with him, Utah, and and Scotty have worked. Like, I love those minutes. What were your thoughts on Delano? Like, what were your key observations today? What were your favorite parts about him? I think, like, the thing with Delano is, like, it seems like he's already, like, very good at, like, like handling the ball and just being able to just, like, go from, like, one end of the court to the other. Uh, just, like, that part and just, like, his general feel. Like, like, even his passing in Summer League and, like, some of the feeds he would make. Uh, like, to me, he really just is he is literally in many ways like a six nine like guard uh which is fun um so he'll be really fun in the 905 i feel like he's just gonna light he's gonna light up the 905 absolutely we all saw that play where he grabbed the rebound and then i think in like maybe three or four dribbles maybe three he went straight to the basket and he got that n one play i was i was off my couch screaming that was that was an incredible play we always knew that even in college he was yeah. not a fantastic finisher overall, but he was an elite contact finisher. Whenever there was a situation where he had to drive through traffic, go downhill, he was excellent at doing that. And we've seen that translate to the NBA level seamlessly. So it was really great to see that. But, you know, I think he's that very crafty. Surprises. He's yeah. very crafty. That's what I've really noticed about him. Like, he's like very crafty, like finishing around the rim and like getting contact and like just being able to do all of that, which I found like very surprising, I guess. I don't know. Um, I was reading some like draft boards before the draft or like after the draft. And it like, it didn't seem like he had like the greatest college career, but like the Raptors, they know what they're doing. They, they do their homework. They, they like, that was like an amazing pick. Yeah. And I think Delano Banton serves as a reminder to never doubt Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster, because you know, I don't think that, I think that part of the reason why you might be so surprised is because for his size, there are few guards, (laughs) if any, that, that have, his kind of mobility and court vision. And, you know, that combination is absolutely deadly and it's in, in, extremely valuable. I remember, I think it was, Kate, maybe you remember that there was somebody on the Raptors staff that said next year he might even be a first round pick. 
And I think that yeah, right now we're seeing exactly they did. that. Yeah. And, you know, I actually don't think we're going to see him in the 905 a whole lot, to be honest with you. They, gave him, a, they gave him a full contract guaranteed. Um, it seems as though, and I don't know if we can really take much from these first few offseason games, but it seems, or preseason games, but it seems as though, like, they, they were giving, they gave the first opportunity off the bench to Banton. They didn't give it to Malachi. And That's fair. I'm just yeah. wondering what that if that, I'm, I'm wondering if I'm reading into this too much or if there might actually be something to that and if they might be considering the fact that they like Banton's length, activity, defense a whole lot. Um, but I don't think we're going to see him in the 905 very much or at all. Yep, I, yeah. th- I think as soon as Banton deserves, like he he develops a shot off the dribble, I think it's over. I think that for Malachi, they're. You know, the, the... I'm almost pissed that we didn't give him a longer contract. Like we only gave him a, a two year contract. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, what were we thinking? Hey, <laughs> also true. with um COVID restrictions and um contact tracing and shit that they might not put people down in the nine oh five because if one person gets it you have to put in isolation and that and then we'll get especially with Canada being different that they might have to keep their cards closer than they normally would in case of outbreaks and shit. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's a good point. That's good. That's good to know. Okay, great. Do you have Do you have anything else that you know you wanted to talk about with respect to Delano Banton? Because I think, yeah, you know, he really did surprise a lot of us today. Because you know, I think he surprised us once in summer league and again today. And I think that goes for a lot of Raptors players, as you know, Scotty OG. But um, even though they didn't, you know, OG didn't play in the summer league, but a few of the others, Precious, for example. But is there anything else that you know kind of struck you about Delano that you think you know, wow, like I think this kid's going to be actually like really serious. Who knows? He might have even been a lottery pick next year or at least, you know, or like an early first round pick because he's looking extremely talented for having that length as well. He's really, really looking like one of the one of the biggest steals in this draft. And, you know, so I had a quick note about him. Um, Sorry, but just just to sort of like interject really quick. Did you notice the huge like he got the biggest eruption out of the crowd for sure? Uh, when he checked yes. in for the first time yeah. and what a thrill it must be for him to be a Toronto kid to come in and like you know he grew up watching Andrea Bargnani and and playing like owning basketball gear Will Lou joked that you know there was a tweet went out that there was 8,016 in attendance uh, fans in attendance and Will Lou corrected that to say 8,017 including Delano Banton like He's just always loved this team and always been a fan of this team. Like, what a trip for him to actually check in for his first, like, NBA preseason game. So cool. And to get Absolutely. that kind of, like, it. reception, that's amazing. And he killed it, too. He did. So it was really great. Um, so one last thing that I wanted to get your your thoughts on, um, Veep. <laughs> uh, you can Delano call me Veep. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, fair enough. Or, or V, it's fine. You can say V. I'll call you V, sure. So, you know, offensively we've all seen what Delano can do you know he can pass the ball he's got amazing vision he's got a very very nice handle for someone his size but I think that what a lot of us you know one attribute that's going under the radar is his defense he is one of the best defensive players on the Raptors already at least with respect to the you know the summer league roster and now the preseason roster he seems like every time he steps on the floor he is the best or one of the best defensive players you know he had some highly blocks absolutely sorry go on no, 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 yeah, that's exactly I, it. I just wanted your take on, on, on their defense before we move on. Yeah, I think, like, he had, like, some timely blocks in Summer League um, that I remember, like, where he was just, like, because he's so long that he could just get a clean block off of, like, a guard who was trying to shoot. Like, he blocked, I think he blocked, like, one or two three-pointers that I remember in, like, that debut game. 
So I was impressed by that. I think like his overall feel for the game and just like how he's been able to read, um, just like, I don't know, just like read all these like passing lanes. Like I remember one time he threw like that pass to Scotty who was already like sprinting down the floor. Um, and it was kind of like that outlet pass, like his, like even his defensive, like instincts, it's all been very impressive. Like he just has this like really natural feel to the game that I think is like very impressive and that I think is going to translate really well for him. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Hopefully we get to see him in real NBA games instead of like in 905 stints. We'll see how they like figure out the roster and like where they want to put guys. Cause I like this team is also like, I mean, it is preseason, but like the bench looks amazing too. Um, like guys like nine to 12 even. So we'll see. Yeah. Agreed. And the way that it's going, it does look like he will be on the Raptors roster by the start of the season, at least the way that it's going. Kate, do you have any other final thoughts? Yeah, just on his defense there. Um, I've also been extremely surprised with the, the capability and versatility of, of his defense. Obviously, he's great at blocking, but he's also – he just seems to be um, – just has a, a pretty like high understanding of where he needs to be on that end. You know, for a rookie, he's not – he doesn't seem to be getting caught out of place too often. Um, there was a – late in the game – he got called for a foul on Thibault, but I don't know about you. That looked to me to be like a clean block. hundred percent. hundred percent. That was clean. Like, yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I believe that that was, <laughs> that was a foul. The refereeing was it, pretty excellent all game, but that was the one was thing. Good. Yeah, it was good, but he hustled back and he, you know, he made what I thought was a clean block. Um, so obviously it's not difficult to chase down Thibault because he's like a baby deer, but <laughs> Uh, yeah, anyway, I've been really impressed with him on both sides. He's just been a breath. He's just been, uh, for some, for a guy that coming in, we, we just was not on my radar whatsoever. I don't think I'd ever heard the name Delano Banton connected with the Raptors. I definitely never heard any conversations about him sort of in pre-draft or any sort of draft work. I definitely don't go deep into like, you know, the second round just to, to try and predict who will take because you just never know um he's been just such a pleasant surprise so yeah okay, be careful everything. talking Easy. shit about Thibault. all right he got us a bronze medal <laughs> <laughs> fucking be careful all right he got us a bronze well, medal hey he might have got his first and only second team all defense because uh the raptors are raptors are coming for those places yeah, so uh, KJ, who, who writes for us at Holotakes, he's, he wrote an article kind of early on, um, you know, for himself, and he wrote something about Delano Banton, like, way before he was connected with the Raptors. So he was actually quite excited, while the rest of us were like, why would you not take Sharif Cooper? Why would you not take DJ Boston? Why would you not take Garza? Some people were even saying. But, you know, he was actually like, Delano Banton's actually the pick. And he turned out to be right. I mean, Delano Banton, you know, I think I'd probably take him over Garza at this point. Would you guys? Hundred percent. I mean, every and I, just, yeah, no I just felt like both both of our all of our picks got clowned on on draft day. It's like, why would you take Banton when you could have taken Cooper? Why would you take Barnes when you could have taken? Um, Reese was Suggs? crying on draft night. <laughs> yeah. Well, we all tried to warn. Well, I tried to warn him, but you know, it, it, the picks get clowned. But like, haven't we learned by now to to just, just trust them? What, to just yeah. trust them because like they don't. They've never, they just don't steer us wrong. I mean, they there was an miss. article that said that the Raptors were the best drafting organization of the past 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. No, the and statistics have, yeah. do not lie. We have outdrafted, they don't lie. outdrafted drafted our draft position. 
um, for like the last 10 years. And that includes three years where Messiah wasn't at the helm. So. And we got OG, I think, was it late in the first or was it in the middle of the first? It was, it was like, yeah, it was late in the first. 23, I think. Okay, so fairly late in the yeah. first, and in pretty much every single redraft that I've seen, he's ranking in the top ten. Oh, he's top five. And that doesn't account for players and yeah. OG's Clark. literally top five. Try to try to try to find six better players than OG in that draft. Espe- you can't do it. <laughs> Especially with OG's new dribble and his comfort, you know, dr- you know, shooting off the dribble now. Wow, we've got a player. Now the why comparisons can fly. Yeah. Anyways, appreciate you. Uh, thanks so much, V. Appreciate you. Yeah, thank All right. Uh, I think we probably have time for one more before we just open up to a free-flowing discussion. Uh, is there Are there any other Raptors fans that have anything to say? I might go to Yash right here. If you need a topic, I'm your Trevor Gleason person. <laughs> Great, that that's that's definitely worth it. Hey man, what's going on? Hi there, thanks for bringing me up. Um, I I was really happy today. I I was really looking forward to uh, the Raptors playing in Toronto again. That that was kind of the biggest thing I wanted to see, just like the shift in the vibe, because just playing games in Tampa was just not it. Like watching the game today made me feel how depressing it was last year. Like the difference was so big. Like, I know it's just one preseason game, but I can already feel, like, a lot more positive, you know, about the season. And, yeah, like, what we saw today was just an experiment coming to life. And it's just early signs of something beautiful waiting to happen, in my opinion. How de- how depressing is it to look back at old clips from, like, the bubble in early last year? And, <laughs> Don't and to hear and to, and, to he- and to hear, like, that fake crowd noise? It's so, it's so bad it's so bad it's so bad like sure once that, you hear like serious. the real crowds again you're like this was shit this was so shit like why did we put up with this <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if that threw players off like a lot you know because as humans we really tune to like our surroundings and like a lot of these cues from our, our, our like environment really influence how we like the actions that we take and I feel like it, it, it it's just so hard on the players, you know, going, having well, to like, go through that. Siakam's like, a, a, Siakam is like, a, just like the number one guy, if you wanted to put him on a poster board and say, this is a guy that feeds off the crowd and that needs yeah, the energy. Yeah. Like, Siakam is a thousand times better when he is feeding off of a crowd's energy, whether that's for good or bad. And... Mm-hmm. You know, same too with Lowry. Lowry. Like, I think Lowry at this point is like a professional enough, but we all know, and he he loves it the most when he's on the road and, you know, you start, you start, you kind of poke the bear. But uh, mm-hmm. so many of these players, I think, have built their careers playing a certain way, feeding off of that energy, feeding off of crowds. And yeah, so I think that's what makes, like, the bubble is just, it's fraudulent. Right. And I, I, another point that I wanted to add was, this was the first preseason game, and we already got a, like such a good glimpse of what Masai was like is trying to envision with these, you know, long wingspans and like tall guards, and just like the whole uh, switchable defense. It's it's just a testament to you know like an experiment that's just waiting to be like we, it. Everybody's just gonna find their rhythm better, find their bodies better, find a chemistry going on, and. I, I just think that there, like there is something really valuable here, like with, especially the flashes that Delano showed. Like I, I, I really echo a lot of what was discussed before, 
and two plays came to mind like specifically the one where he just ran to the rim with like a full head of steam and finished at the rim that that was just gorgeous that was just and 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 this other assist that he had i think where he like handled the ball uh, made space and just like behind the back and he 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 like passed it over to someone i don't remember exactly who but it, it was just flashes of you know some some good good skill there and with development and with some time i think he's going to be like one of the biggest assets that we had this year yeah no absolutely agree man i think that you know we saw a lot from a lot of players today so mm-hmm. I, you know i think that we were we were really excited just in yeah. general to see a lot of people meet our expectations and maybe even exceed them i don't think any of us thought that um that's actually a question that I posed earlier. What did you think about OG Ananobi? Did you think that he met your expectations? We saw some of the videos of him working on his handle, shooting off the dribble, and he seemed to be, you know, consciously making a point of trying to prove that he could shoot off the dribble. And we saw him taking turnaround Mm -hmm. fadeaway jumpers. We saw him just shooting off of size ups. What were your general impressions of OG? Um, To be, I'm going to be very honest with you. When the game started and there were like some of the, some possessions where his shot, didn't fall or like he was really smothered by the defense um i I felt a little bit apprehensive it felt more like okay like every year we feel like he's going to break out but is it going to be another year of him just like having some offensive struggles or whatever it may be but then once like he tightened the screws and he he showed what he had worked on it it was it i just lost every every ounce of worry that i had like that off the dribble three-pointer that he had it it was like the most Kawhi Leonard thing I've ever seen since Kawhi Leonard on the Raptors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It generally takes it well. generally takes OG like a couple of games to get warmed up. If you know what I mean, like yeah, no, but he his, almost his... never like it, he never comes out guns a blazing. But by like the fifth game of the year of the season, you're just like, oh, this is the guy that we're gonna get this year. But, or like but, even after even after usually like after he's been out for a few games if he's hurt or whatever it takes him a game or two just to like get back in his rhythm. So I think that's maybe even what you saw through those first two quarters. I was just definitely like, okay, well OG's got like opening day jitters or you know things mm-hmm. aren't working for him. By the second by the second quarter and third quarter, you're just like, wow, okay, yeah, this is exactly what I was expecting. 21 points and it was just the quietest 21 points but it was just all efficiency and devastation <laughs> yeah okay, let me add on 21 points three rebounds three points made uh three pointers three three pointers made on 100 percent efficiency from beyond the yeah. arc so yeah that, that, that is another <laughs> point like, hey, you, you just... hey he doesn't he doesn't shoot to miss <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying yash yeah, Katie, uh, you said like how it takes a few games for the engine to get hot, you know, uh-huh. w- with OG. By that standard, like it, it, it didn't take him that long this year. And he, he kind of found his shot pretty much with his first, like, you know, uh, yep. j- j- uh, with his first three-pointer, like he did not miss. Usually nope. we see him like miss a few and then, you know, we're like, oh, OG's having shooting troubles. But then, as you said, very like correctly, like he it, it takes time for him, but it's it's great that he's already kind of finding his feet and it just shows like maybe he's grown in his confidence and his ability. Like it, it it's it's good signs, you know. Those he was showing some flashes of that new handle too. Like Yeah, you know, yeah. You could you could see that's that's definitely something that he's been putting so much work into. And I know that it's something that he worked on last off season too. Like this isn't um he was working with Demar's dribble coach last dribble off too season. Much. 
Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I don't know who he, I don't know if he worked with that same person this year. I think he did. Yeah. I think I saw a comment yeah. that he was. Um, so, you know, he, he, he's aware and he's working on it all the time. It's just really nice to see. It's really nice to see that on the court. Yeah, you know what? It's it's only going to be better because it seems that this, you know, this game he was trying to make a point saying I can shoot from mid range, I can, you know, do step backs, I can do all that, all that fancy stuff. But you know, once he's proven his point, which I think he did to a fair extent today, once he's proven that point, I think that he'll be able to go inside more. Like he won't be trying to force the fancy shot anymore. And mm-hmm. so that's when we're really going to see him excel when when he's able to just kind of play naturally. Because I think he just wanted to show off a bit. First game of the season, first game back in Toronto. But do not be surprised if he has an even more impressive game next time around. Definitely. I think to add on to that, I think that everybody was kind of trying to prove a point right today. It, it's just like whether – it's just a new team. Everybody's young. They, they want to make a name for themselves. They want to show what they can do. Um, I just feel like once, you know, under Nick Nurse's uh, coaching, it, it like once they all get to, you know, kind of find their rhythm, their roles – like you know it, it's just gonna get even better like everybody's just gonna be hungry to, you know prove a point and make sure that they're like de- delivering their best efforts every night and just it's going to be a, a, a more systematic process in my opinion with this kind of coaching absolutely thank you so much yash really appreciate mm-hmm. you man yeah and thanks for this discussion it was really great cheers man Yeah, so that'll do it for us for the recorded spaces. Now we're just going to open up to free-flowing conversation. But before we do, remember to follow Hall of Takes um, for an episode just like this and content just like this. Appreciate everybody's.